Hello, family. Welcome to Inner Guidance Daily, a podcast of daily inspiration to help you clear the clutter, the noise of our busy lives. I care about you connecting to your own inner guidance so you can begin to hear your own truths. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, certified meditation guide. Join as I connect with leading experts in various fields who have tuned into their own inner guidance successfully. How do they do it? Why does this work? You'll find out in the show. I'll drop in guided meditations weekly to help you along your journey. I am so glad you're here. Join me daily and connect to your inner guidance. Welcome Inner Guidance Daily family. Welcome back to the show. I have a very special guest today. I wanted to introduce you to Victoria Jane, a human design coach whose mission is to guide growth-oriented humans to live with less hustle and more flow. She is speaking my language. After a decade in Silicon Valley, achieving everything she thought was supposed she was supposed to, Victoria was earthquaked into the harsh reality she was burnt out and in danger of doing irreparable damage to her health. As she searched for how to heal, not just her body, but her spirit, she discovered her design. Welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited you're here too. We were just chatting before the show and just like, I don't know, I feel like I know you somehow. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Our souls know each other. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) definitely kindred spirits for sure. Um, I wanted to actually kick this off by talking about hustle and flow. I think a lot of times especially right now, you know, there's like this idea that we still have to hustle through this pandemic and we have to do everything and achieve everything and be everything. And, you know, I think flow is such an amazing word and, and also guidance to, to, for people to be attuned to like get back into their flow. But I wanted to know what it was like for you working in Silicon Valley. What were you doing? What was that hustle like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, let's see. So I was in business roles in tech um, and I grew up in the Bay area. So uh, went to school undergrad there and coming out, you know, there's one part of me that's always really wanted to have a positive impact on society, but I just wasn't sure what that was supposed to look like. And the, uh, let's call it like the glitz, the glamour, the sort of um, really strong confidence that, that the tech industry has around uh, innovation kind of, I, I got drawn into it and I was in various strategy and analytics roles. So anything from, you know, helping sales and marketing teams run those businesses, optimizing them, setting up, um, compensation plans to grow teams, rolling out new products. Like it was really interesting. Um, and you know, my days were, it was the norm for, you know, 50, 60 hour weeks, um, which is, and sometimes more, which is actually works for some people who really enjoy it, but it wasn't in authentic alignment for me. And what I found was over time, uh, while I could certainly push myself to do it, and there's something certainly gratifying about being seen and uh, validated in that way, it wasn't, uh, I'll say my, my body and my energy knew better and um, health issues came up that kind of forced me to take a closer look at things. Yeah. I, I actually really relate to you. I've spent a large part of my life, like working in corporate America. Like I think a lot of people listening to the show can also relate. Um, what were you noticing like in your body and your energy that was different? Yeah. Um, well, I, okay. Well, 
I mean, it came up first as like gut issues and endocrine issues. So I had like weird blood sugar and um, I was so healthy at the time too. I rode my bike to work every day. I drank a grain smoothie. Like I meditated every day, you know, I was doing quote all the right things. Um, and yet this was still coming up. And I realized after, you know, a couple of years of like doing everything I possibly could to have like the quote perfect lifestyle that clearly it wasn't like physical lifestyle. Um, so, so that kind of, it was interesting to go through such an intense period of controlling and like wanting to force this outcome and then realizing like, oh, I just, I just have to surrender. And maybe the expectation that I have for my life on what things are supposed to look like is not what's really meant for me. Yes, totally. I totally get that. So how did you discover human design? Yeah. So I discovered human design, gosh, like maybe a year into some of these health issues and the, like, we'll get more into like the details of, of the different types within human design. I'm a projector. Um, and we just pulled up, Lauren, your chart before we started recording and you're what's called a manifesting generator. And <gasps> I was highest, so curious. Yeah. 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 So at the highest level, um, each type has its own way of its own flow of energy. And so for projectors, um, we don't have our own innate source of consistent energy. There's a, there's a range. Some projectors have more energy, others have less. Um, but all of us, all projectors are not really meant to thrive in this like consistent eight, 12 hour day, but instead we're here to, to actually kind of pop in, like see what's happening energetically guide and then like pop out. Right. So learning that about myself was this huge, like sigh of relief, like, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy and not doing anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. And also this sobering moment of like, wow, I'm really off track here. Um, and so it, you know, it's it took a few years to kind of get to where I am now. And it, by no means is the journey over, but human design gave me this blueprint and this kind of like light towards where I could be headed that would be in more flow. Totally makes sense. Um, and I've heard these types and I think people maybe have heard them too and, and might not be totally familiar with human design. So let's just paint the picture of like, what is human design? I've heard it described. And I thought this was an interesting description as an energetic manual. And you kind of alluded to it, like, you know, that it's mm -hmm. this, this, you were noticing your energy was off and then you noticed the energy of the projector. Um, what is human design? Let's, Let's lay it out for everybody. And then we'll go a little bit deeper into these types. Totally. And even saying like, oh, it's a system to describe your energy is like, what does that mean? That's like so abstract, right? So um, I like to think of human design as a system or tool to help us get in alignment with how we naturally work, which includes energy, meaning like the pace, like, should you, are you someone who's consistently able to tap into your energy, which as a manifesting generator or MG, like my guess is you when you're in alignment, like if you're doing the things you love, you can wake up with like, pop out of bed, like I'm ready to go. This is going to be so fun. You run around doing all your favorite things. And when you have that kind of day, like even though you're using up your energy, you're also fulfilled by it too. And then it's probably a, a handful of different things because you're getting excited about different things. That's part of the manifesting part of the MG. Um, and then at the end of the day, you can like totally just like fall asleep so quickly because you're like, ah, like I, I did it all. It felt really good. Um, so that's kind of an example of what I mean by energy and human design also speaks to 
how we're meant to navigate life. Like, are we meant to really tune into what excites us and follow that? Or are we meant to make sure that we feel seen and recognized before we go after things? Or for some small percentage of the population, about less than 10, manifestors, for example, are actually meant to go after things, like whatever they wanna do, just do it, right? The key thing here is like 90% 90, 90 of us are not supposed to just go after things, um, which is really different from how most of us think when we think about like hustling and success, right? Yeah, how would you know? Okay, so this is like the perfect roadmap for you to be like, this is how you would know if you're yes. supposed to just go for everything or if you're supposed to like, like you said, pop in and check things out and then pop back out. Mm -hmm. How would you know if you're a person like what kind of energy does a person have where you're just like, go, like you should just Yeah. Go. Yeah. So this speaks to the different types. So the, the just going for it person is, is the manifestor type. And I can already hear like listeners being like, wait, but does that mean I can't go after things? Right. And so I, I think it's always important to say like within human design, there's kind of a vocabulary that it takes some time to kind of wrap your head around because we're talking about energy. It's not to say that like Lauren, you can't, start a podcast or you start a business, right? Like I certainly have also like done things, but the way it feels energetically is a little bit different from type to type. So we can get more into the nuance of that. Um, but, and then the last piece of human design um, is that we also all have a different inner guidance system to listen to, um, which in, in the system is called authority. So like if you pull up your chart and there's multiple free sites, you can Google and pull up your chart. There's different colored in centers in, the chart that you get there's like numbers and shapes and whatever um the colored in parts are who you consistently are and then the white parts are where we take in energy and experience the full range of things so depending on what chart you have or who you are you might have a different intuition to listen to based on what centers you have colored in someone one person might want to listen to their gut somebody else might want to listen to their instincts somebody else might want to listen to um, wait for emotional clarity before going after something. So it gets really nuanced in terms of like your unique formula for what works for you. And this is why I love um, specifically like using human design within coaching, because what works for one person as a coach, like might not work for your clients, right? So knowing someone's design is really helpful for that. But when you were talking about all this, I was just thinking like, this is why you need a coach, because there's no way you would just do your free chart, check it all out. You know, like you need somebody to say like, this is what this is. This is how to identify these um, parts of your human design chart. This is how to use it. So like, I could, I could totally see how it's beneficial for having like somebody like you, like walk you through it. Um, I wanted to ask you what was like your biggest, so you're working in Silicon Valley, like you're noticing, like your life is not feeling the way it's supposed to be feeling you get introduced to human design you learn like your type you learn a little bit more about like who you are like inner workings what was your biggest like aha like right away that you were like gosh mm. I did not realize that until I took this until I dived into human design mm -hmm. yeah so each type has what's called a strategy um, and strategies like how you navigate the world so as an mg your strategy is to respond. And what that means is before you do anything, you wanna actually check in with your gut and feel like, do I actually have some sort of energetic um, response to, to this? So like, 
for example, uh, you know, recording this, this conversation, like, ooh, do I feel like a, an expansion in my body? Am I like, is there a, like a yes within me somehow, right? And you want to be guided by that rather than forcing yourself through the nose. And does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it might sound super obvious to you, but there's people who don't have a gut to tune into, like myself, <laughs> um, or I forget what, what was the question you asked me? Sometimes I start talking and I <laughs> No, you're you're on your way. But basically it was, you know, like what is the what was your biggest aha? Ah, yes. And so for me, my strategy as a projector is to wait for the invitation. And what that means, so for projectors, as we move through life and figure out like what opportunities do we say yes to? Um the common projector thing is because we can take in energy the way our charts are and guide there's this dynamic where, and I have talked to so many projectors about this. It's like, we see the solution. We see the advice that we need to give our friend. We see how like the project should work out at work, but, and actually we want to be recognized for seeing that. So then we run around trying to like push our advice on everyone. And that usually, that doesn't always work, right? Like the friend's not ready to hear it, or like, it's not really the right setting in work. There's not a receptivity. And so the strategy for a projector of waiting for the invitation is all about it comes from this like benevolent place of, hey, what's gonna be most in flow for you as a projector is to sense if there's receptivity and space for your gifts and only then do you share it rather than running around trying to convince everyone that like you're amazing, right? And so when I heard that, that really hit home for me because it articulated like all these experiences I'd had when I was really young, like, you know, four, five, six of, my parents like pushing me to like speak up or like put myself out there in a way that felt really uncomfortable. Um, and at the time it turned into this story around like, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't put myself out there enough or I'm not a go-getter or I'm too shy, but I can see now, and this is where so much self-acceptance and healing can come from human design of, oh, like I actually was feeling an energy of maybe I don't want to like force this like thought on someone. Um, and that was me being discerning. And so that's something I've had to relearn, but, uh, anyway, that, so that was like a big, a big moment for me with human design. Yeah. That's huge. Cause I could see that working in like relationships and career mm -hmm. and work and environments and like literally all aspects of your life. So that's a huge, um, self-discovery that, uh, you know, will you, you'll use for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So there might be a few people wondering, like, where did this come from? Like, how did we just poof, have this like chart understanding types, authorities, you know, like where is this coming from? Yeah. So the interesting thing is human design is not that old. It was channeled um, by a man named Ra Aruhu in the late eighties. And I think this is just my personal belief, but I think the timing of it and where we are in the world today, where, you know, there's a like we're so connected and we understand so much about different parts of the world. The human design system brings together astrology, the Kabbalah, the chakra system and the I Ching. So like many different disciplines, many different traditions across many different like eras and now like smushes it all together. And I think it's really only now, right? That as a collective, we know enough about all these different systems in parts of the world that we can be like, yeah, sure. Let's just like put it all together. Right. Um, and, and it's not like, what's this crazy system? And like, no, it has to be pure and separate or whatever. Um, 
so that's how it came about. And also, so that's kind of like the more, um, those are like the traditional wisdom systems. And then there's also an element of quantum physics here too, where like, how do you get your design? And the, the idea is that with the subatomic particles that are just streaming through the universe at all times, when we're born, we get imprinted and that's how we get our design. So there's, there's pieces of like, I'm not like a PhD quantum physicist, right? So like, I can't like truly prove to you this, but this is my understanding of it. And if anyone is like that, that kind of mind, they want to go into it. And there's, there's also more on human design in that piece too. Well, that's pretty fascinating. So like, I'm thinking about my four-year-old, like she was imprinted with a human design, like Mm -hmm. for parents, is it, would you say like, yeah, know your, know your child's human design type? Oh my gosh. Huge. I mean, even uh, the founder of human design talks about when he was teaching people, he passed away, but when he was teaching people in the nineties and, you know, two thousands, he was like this system, you know, great. Like you're an adult, you can learn it and like reparent yourself, but really it's for the kids because imagine being raised as who you are, as opposed to who your parents think you should be and like how much that can change the world. Right. So like for yourself, for example, like a common thing I see with manifesting generators is you have all these different things that excite you. um, But there's this idea that like, you need to like climb the ladder or like stick with one thing and specialize. And really like with, especially with the MGs that I know in my life, it's like, there has been a lot of work they've had to do to embrace that they can just change and pivot and just show people that whatever they're excited about is enough because it does come together. And so imagine if like as a kid, you were totally like, okay, to just change your mind whenever and follow your excitement. Yeah. Yeah. That would have changed a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll just say that. Um, Do you find that some people, once they figure out like their human design type that, they're like, oh my God, I'm in the wrong job. I'm in the wrong relationship. Mm. Like, are there a lot of like ahas in that capacity? Or do you feel like people are just like, oh, that's nice. Nice to have. I, what I see is more that the language of, of human design confirms what they already knew. So less like what you were saying of like, oh my gosh, I didn't like, I was totally lying to myself and now I see it. Like, I find it's less that and more like, you know what? I actually really haven't liked my job for a while. And this kind of gives me some more language as to why and also why it's actually important for me to value myself enough to make that change. Like, I think there are parts of human design that remind us that like, oh, how you, how you feel is enough to go off of. Like, and give some power to like, I think we're also good at like using our minds and justifying and being like, well, this is really secure or this makes good money or whatever. But if it feels terrible, like you're probably not showing up as your fullest self. And so human design can give language to like the other, the other bucket of that whole debate. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Sometimes you need that direction and and like a coach like you to like, be like, well, you could entertain this other way of looking at your life. Um, we kind of just skipped over one part part of like how this came to be. And I wanted to circle back for a moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's really interesting that this whole thing came from a channeled experience from this man who created this. 
Is there any pushback from like the original systems, you know, that are now being like bring, brought together, um, saying like this might not be as true or the, the um, what's the right word I'm thinking of? Like the authenticity of that original system. Now we're kind of like merging things together. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I don't, I, there, there might be stuff out there, but I personally haven't come across anyone in any of these communities, like the astrology community or the teaching community saying like, that's not right because it's, um, because the way human design approaches it like is different from some of these traditional systems, right? Like the chakra system traditionally is seven chakras, but in human design, we have nine centers and this is getting deeper into things, but eventually there's, it's said that we'll evolve to have 11 centers. And so there are things like that where it's like different and it's kind of within it's evolved within the human design system itself. Yeah, that makes sense. I just find it fascinating. I think people who are channelers and can do that and can, um, um, you know, let go of their, their belief systems and, and like let something else come through them. I've interviewed a lot of them and I just find it very fascinating. Uh, so it's just curious if there is ever like any like pushback or some people saying like, well, how can we trust this, you know, yeah um, i think that's a great question though because i think it's important to acknowledge like how can we trust this that um one thing that i find really compelling about human design is you are your own authority right it's like whatever decision you make you should tune into your gut or i should tune into my spleen um and so like n- nothing about what you take like hear about your own design for example i would ever want you to just like take it on blind faith. Like it's, it's said that as you work with your human design, it's all an experiment. So you don't have to believe any of this. Like you don't even have to believe the, the origin story of like the channeling, right? Like you can just try what it's like if you follow your strategy or listen to your authority. And if you find that your life feels a little easier or you're not spinning mental cycles around a decision, like great, take that and leave the rest, you know? Yeah. And I find that advice actually works really well for meditation, for mm-hmm. yoga, for um, other modalities like Reiki work, that if it's beneficial to your life, you can just approach it as like, okay, great. This is a great experience. It doesn't have to be like this, you know, for lack of better words, like a, a Bible of like, mm-hmm. or, a, you know, like an exact like rule of how you're going to live your life. So that's good. I, I appreciate you acknowledging that. Um, okay. Two questions for you and you can go as far into this as you'd like. Um, okay. So you mentioned there are types. So I was hoping you could just list the types and give us a brief, like, Mm -hmm. what is that? Maybe people feel like they resonate with one or the other. And then also I wanted you just to dive in a little bit on the authority you mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, like how people and where in their body, they would be plugging into that authority. So those are two things that I'm, I know people would be curious about. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, if, I would highly encourage people to pull up their chart if they can too. Um, and you'll want your ideally exact birth time. Um, you can always like check your birth certificate or ask the hospital, things like that, because sometimes the chart can change from minute to minute. It just depends on how things are moving in, in the planets. Can we do that at your website? Um, there's a few, we can link, um, not on my website, but there's a few like free software. So one is Jovian Archive um, or the other one's called My Body Graph they're both the same. So okay, yeah. I'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so the five types. So and each type has 
a different purpose in the collective, which is kind of also a good thing to think about. It's like, if we're all doing different things, of course it's gonna look different, right? So there's the manifester, which we touched on earlier. Like these are the people who are here to start something and they have a really strong sense of like what it is they wanna do right off the bat. Um, when they have an urge to do it, it's, it can be like all consuming and they're really meant to fully own their urges and go after it. So their strategy is to initiate things is what it's called. Um, the key thing here is that it's not just about just running off and doing whatever they want. There's also to fulfill their sort of their purpose completely, their end of the bargain. Whatever they have an urge to do, they wanna tell people like, hey, I'm gonna go do this. So that whatever thing they're starting really turns into a movement, right? It's like, hey, I'm gonna um, start this neighborhood event and like actually letting people know this is happening so it can serve the community or um, traveling with friends. Like, hey, I wanna go visit this coffee shop and like telling the friend group so that the people who wanna go grab coffee can come and they're not just off like kind of doing their own thing, which I feel like, you know, we all have our wounds and lessons with each type and with the manifestors, um, it's been, sometimes what I see is like, oh, they're, the things they wanna do are like too big or rub certain people the wrong way. So they start to like dim down or keep themselves smaller, not tell people. And that doesn't really allow them to fully have as big of an impact as they would like. And also we need them to have. Can I just pause you for one second? I think I, I am a manifester, right? You're a manifesting generator. So you're okay, a hybrid so type. Okay. It, it's like, there'll be pieces of, of, of both. So I'll okay. touch on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, wait, no, that sounds, that sounds like me. Well, and you're, um, so, so that's the manifest store and some people just have that energy or you can only be one type. So that's just, that's some people, manifestors. Then there's generators and manifesting generators. And so the thing that both generators and MGs like you have is this quality of when you're doing what you love, it creates more energy and you can kind of go all day. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun planning my friend's uh, party and I'm just gonna stay up all night doing this because it's great, right? And that quality is not something that other people have there's this really strong like life force energy where it's like you can you have your own inner fire and it's like when you're stoking it it just keeps you going right and it's not to say that you don't need rest you are a human um but like there is this like self-generating capacity that you have so for both generators and mgs the strategy which we we've touched on a little bit is to be guided through life by whatever gives you that energy, that excitement, right? Which you can feel. And so like tuning into your gut is a really big piece of being either of these types um, because when you fill your own cup, it's like you feel really great and juicy and then other people around you feel that too, right? And the tricky part is like you have a lot of energy so you could do things you don't wanna do but you know that you don't show up as well there, right? And you actually have a smaller impact. Yeah. Whoa. That last sentence right there just really resonated with me. Um, this is really fascinating and I can't, I'm really excited to hear about how other types like check in with themselves because for my entire life, I've always checked in with my gut. Like that's been a normal experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and I even created inner guidance daily, you know, the podcast, like to guide people back to their own inner guidance. And in my experience that's checking in within 
mm-hmm. and like getting that gut check, um, so to speak. So I'm so curious. Okay. So continue. This yeah. Is well, and so here's the thing though, the other types, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors, we don't have this gut energy. And that was one of the other things that convinced me human design was real because I have never felt my gut. And you know, people say that all the time in like the wellness personal, they're like, check in with your intuition, check in with your gut. Um, and I wouldn't feel anything. And then I'd get in my head about it and be like, mm, am I thinking that, that I'm feeling something or am I feeling, I don't know. Um, and so finally, when I was like, oh, this makes sense. 70% of the population has a defined sacral, has a gut to feel. So of course people would talk about it that way, but also 30% of people don't. So that makes me feel better and like not a total weirdo, right? Totally. Yeah. So, um, so that's generators. And what I said about generators also applies to MGs and that um, this, this sacral energy, it's so strong that once you have a defined gut, like there is no way you would want to move through life without paying attention to like, oh, is this energy on board, right? The difference is that as an MG, like you are, you have both this generator energy as well as some of that manifestor energy. So it's like, you're kind of navigating two different, um, I almost think of it like two horses, like drawing a cart where there's like the sort of daily consistent life force energy that you have, as well as this kind of quicker, um, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. You know? And so for you as an MG, it's like, I was touching on before, you can kind of get excited about lots of different things. Um, your, the way your energy works is like, yeah, you'll, you have this huge, bat, like you have the most energy of all the types really. And you can get excited about something and drawn in and then just as quickly, maybe no longer be excited about it. And that's what leads to sometimes having this non-linear path where you're exploring lots of different things. And it's, in terms of purpose, so important that you allow yourself to, to really honor those changing passions because you put it together in this new way. Like, remember that the manifestor purpose is to create and start something new, right? So you're creating and starting and building something new. That's kind of, it's like both of those things together. Yeah, absolutely. My husband always makes fun of me. He's like, you can never just chill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I can, but like I, in the background, I'm always thinking about like something else or like, you know, like, Ooh, you know, and, and this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I know one MG I'm thinking about, like when we were talking about rest, they were like, it's really hard. Like, I know I need to rest sometimes, but it's so hard because I find myself, if I just sit in my house and try to rest, I get excited by all the other things I could do. Like I need to actually go somewhere where there's like nothing to draw me into doing something else. Cause it can just be so quick. Yeah. Not to get on a total tangent because they want to hear the other types. I want people to absorb this information, but, um, there would be times when I was like early on, you know, just becoming a mother and like, you know, you're nursing, you're doing all these things and, and, then, you know, somebody will come to your house or my husband would be like, why don't you just go take like an hour for yourself? But I'd be in like straight paralysis, like an hour. I have like a gajillion <laughs> things I want to do. I don't know what to do in this hour. So yeah. I would just end up doing like, you know, something random or scrolling through social media, but I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and you specifically, and then I'll get to the other two types, but um, you specifically have a gift. Each of the numbers or gates are different gifts of like using your energy to get involved in lots of different projects or just like whatever's around you. It's like, there's a part of you that wants to be like, yeah, like, let me jump in, let me help, right? And you can kind of see things through in a way where maybe everybody else was working on something and it wasn't quite happening. And then you can get involved and like 
make it happen, right? So that's that's something that you're good at. Um, and it can be tricky sometimes because you can't say yes to everything, right? Yes. So this is where, yeah, this is where the tuning into your gut is so important because yeah. you want to make sure that it's in, in alignment when you get involved and not just because people are asking you and you feel like you're supposed to. Victoria. Which people will want because they're like, oh, you're so confident. You can get yeah. so much done. And you get it done. Yes. This yeah. is a major lesson for me, discernment and also checking in and saying like, does this feel good because literally all day people are like would you like to would you like to and I'm like yeah 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 mm-hmm. I do I do so it's it's this is amazing advice okay continue yeah. the other two types yeah so then we get to projectors and reflectors and these two types um even when we're doing like our favorite thing in the world we still it still like uses up our energy so projectors um as I mentioned before our their purpose is really to guide energy in some way and it's because we can take in all of that, you know, generator, sacral energy, that manifestor energy and see like, how can this be optimized to, or made more efficient or whatever um, to, and to better society in some way. So examples of projectors, you know, you could be an artist creating art in a new way. Um, you could be a scientist, like coming up with, you know, I don't know, improving technology in some way. It, it could be anything, but there's this quality of like seeing things really deeply and then improving it somehow. So we talked a little bit about the projector strategy earlier, like that wait for the invitation piece. And it's precisely because we can see things so deeply, but we don't necessarily have that consistent energy that is going to implement all of the work that we want to make sure like whoever we're Whatever, whoever we're sharing our, our solutions with, whoever we're partnering up with um, is ready to receive it. So that's project, yeah. I just wanted to say that I could really see how this is super relieving, like mm-hmm. learning something about this, about yourself or like understanding your human design because I think the world is set up for only like one type. Like we only really hear about one type or like we celebrate only one type and then like, especially in work. Um, but as you're talking about the projector, I'm thinking about my husband. I feel like he might be this, so I'll have to have him take the test and, um, uh, because it's very much like that. And I think sometimes it's a struggle, like, especially when you're comparing in a relationship, right? Like you're seeing somebody go, 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 but that's not your style mm-hmm. um, or on the flip side. Right. Like I see like, he like, will in, like check out something and then, you know, I, I could totally see how this is relieving. And then also the benefit of, a projector being able to have that invitation, like, you know, like that energy match of, yes. of being able to share their information. Yeah, totally. And for relationships too, right? Even as you're thinking about your husband, it's like, oh, if he is a projector, like your paces don't have to be the same. And like, uh, what is actually going to serve two people best in the relationship doesn't have to look like, oh, we both do the exact same amount of whatever in a specific context. So anyway, so that's projectors. And then the last type, um, is the reflector. And they're most rare. They're about 1% of the population. And reflectors, the thing about their chart is that they're all white, all of the centers. So energetically, what they're able to do is really take in everything that's happening around them. And their personal experience of it is like, they can become anyone and everything, like never put a reflector in a box, right? Because they're just constantly changing. And they remind the rest of us, like, this is what's happening to everybody collectively. So if a reflector is say unwell, 
it's a reflection of society um, or if a reflector is doing really well, it's a reflection of like, hey, we're really healthy and thriving as a community. So for reflectors, um, their, their strategy um, is to actually wait this is gonna sound crazy, but it's to wait a whole lunar cycle before making any decisions um, because they are so like ephemeral and ever-changing. Uh, and also there's a connection between their type and the energy of the moon that before deciding anything, they wanna actually take the time to feel into every possible version of themselves essentially. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of kind of like life purpose, right? It's like they'll know they're in flow when they feel truly just like delighted and surprised by life because they're having all these different experiences and discovering like, oh, I can be this, I can be that. Like, isn't this amazing? Isn't that fun? Um, so there, there's almost this like childlike innocence to the reflector around like really just letting themselves participate deeply in life. And that is their gift to the world. Whoa. Um are there any like well-known reflectors that we could reference? Yeah, it's, it's, I'll name a couple. Um, so Sandra Bullock is a reflector. Um, and then I'm sure you have a lot of like meditation yoga listeners. So um, Ama, the hugging saint is a reflector. The tricky part about famous reflectors is like every reflector can be so different, right? Cause they're just a reflection of who they surround themselves with. So like, I don't, I don't really know Sandra Bullock, but like, to me, it's not very I'm like, okay, I don't really know exactly what that means, right? Um, but less, less famous, but still kind of well-known, um, The Balanced Blonde, she has a podcast and is like on Instagram and stuff. Um, she's a reflector as well. I think the commonality, and I have some reflectors that I know in my personal life, is that they, depending on who they're with, like they can really adapt, right? So some people know just a tiny slice of the reflector personality in their life. Um, whereas others, like depending on who they're with, they can really express these different parts of themselves depending on what what the situation is. So I don't yeah. know if that's helpful, but yeah, with Abba the is. Hugging Saint, it's like, you know, she's just shining people back to them of like, I yeah. see the highest and best within you, right? And that's really healing, I would imagine, for the people yeah. receiving hugs. Absolutely. I was also curious, like, why is there only 1%? Like, do you think that? Yeah, well, because everybody shows up in the percentage that we need for the collective to be healthy, right? So it's like, we don't need 90% of the population just reflecting everything back, right? We just need, like, <laughs> traditionally, when I think of, um, like, a community, right? It's like, we just need one storyteller to kind of tell us stories around the campfire but we need like 70 percent of people to be really excited about building the village and hunting and i don't know like weaving things right but we only need like 10 percent of people to be the, these manifestors that are like getting things going and projectors are about 20 percent. so that's kind of how things break down so fascinating okay so each type then has their ability to like the reflector also like check in with their gut gut mm -hmm. or they so they check in with their authority is is different from the other types. Um, their authority is the moon, their lunar authority, because so as the moon moves, it's this is getting a little more technical, but it's it's activating different gates in their chart. So they actually will kind of they'll like feel like a projector one day, and then they'll feel like a manifester another day. So because that's their authority, that's why they're taking the full lunar cycle to make a decision. This is all so fascinating, like. I, I also can't stop thinking about that this is just channeled 
information that then he went for it and like, you know, built this out, this whole program. And then here we are 2021 yeah, <laughs> and, you know, using it and feeling like it's describing us and, and offering some relief and guidance. So it's, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know if I've talked about this much, like within the human design community, um, I've just heard bits and pieces of conversation around like, well, you know, it happened to be this one person who channeled it, but like the information was sitting out there in the field, right? So it's like, could somebody else have channeled it? Maybe, could other people have been tuning into this? Are there more possibilities to channel further information? I, I think so, you know? So th that's just more on the channeling topic. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point. Um, what, so I wanted to just switch gears just a little bit for people and circle back on flow, mm -hmm. um, being in the flow, uh, and what that means, <laughs> being in the flow and what that means for, you know, somebody you're working with or somebody who's getting into human design, how do we use human design to like get in the flow and what does that mean for you? Yeah. So what does flow mean for me? Well, what's nice is like each type actually has um, what's called a signature, which is like the key emotion that we'll feel when we are in flow. So for MGs and generators, it's a feeling of satisfaction. Of like, oh, when I get to use my energy on things that I love and I've, you know, built the thing or created a program or whatever, like that just feels really good, right? You like see it and you're like, yeah. Um, for projector, it's actually success, right? Because we're like, we have something to contribute in terms of guiding and we're recognized for that. That feeling of success is wonderful. Um, for reflectors, as I mentioned, it was this like surprise, like, ooh, life, amazing. Um, and for manifestors, it's peace. So when we are experiencing those feelings, that can be a good uh, signal that we're in flow. And what was the other piece of, of what you asked? Yeah. It was just about, Oh, what is flow for you? Like when, you know, is it, it sounds like it's a feeling, but you know, you're, when do you experience these types of moments of flow? When do I experience them? I feel like, I feel like it's daily. At least I would like to, I'd like to think that I remember to like pause and reflect enough that I can check in with it. Cause I think there's like a micro flow and a macro flow. Right. And there can be these big things in our life. And like, I'm in a period of a lot of transition right now where certainly moments of it feel scary, but I think flow can be even as small as like taking a couple moments in the morning and being like, yeah, I'm choosing this and it feels good. Right. So yeah, I think yeah. like as small as the morning practice to sometimes those bigger things come in and that feels really good too, of the feeling of success or whatever it is. Um, but I'm, I'm increasingly like, unhooking from needing that and just enjoying the present. Yeah. Which is beautiful. That's a beautiful practice in its own right. Um, you did mention about transitions and I wanted to talk about that just briefly because so many of us are experiencing transitions, the whole world, like the global world, um, is experiencing transitions of some sort. So how are you navigating transitions in your life and how is human design helping you? Mm, okay. So um, this is all very like alive for me. So with the transitions that have been happening for me, it's brought up a lot of emotions and it, within human design, there's one of the centers in the chart is 
the solar plexus or the emotional center. And so you're what's called a defined emotional center. So you, you're always kind of, you have your own emotional experience that you're in. Um, I don't know if that, that language like resonates with you or not. Uh, you have what's called like a more subtle wave. So some people have like these really dramatic waves. Yours is maybe not as intense, but I don't, I don't know how you feel it. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, you can just wake up with feelings one day, right. For no, no reason. Yeah. Um, and, and on the other hand, as in what I'll call like non-emotional for myself, um, I don't have that most of the time, unless there's something that is happening specifically to create an emotional, um, response, I'm like neutral. So what's been really interesting with these transitions is these like highs and lows that I haven't, that I don't like that you don't come across as regularly as maybe somebody with a defined emotional center. And so the practice of sitting with it and feeling it and just like continuing to make like more space, give myself more space than I would default to has been a practice. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people can relate because there are a lot of ups and downs and there are like unexpected transitions. I think that's like the hardest thing for a lot of people. Um, and transitions in, in general are hard because we're like wired for things to make sense and just to stay the same, right. And stay safe. Um, so knowing about your own, you know, like knowing about human design and helping you through trans transitions, is there any advice you have for people who might be experiencing something like you or having these big waves of emotions? Is there anything that's been really helpful for you in dealing with that? Yeah, I think, I think the general human design, um, like principle, one of them is that we have an authority, right? But nobody's authority is their mind in terms of making decisions. And I think a lot about a lot around navigating transition is like this question of like, well, what's next? What's going to happen, right? And I think the humility and and hopefully comfort in recognizing like sometimes we just don't know, and accepting that, and then also having something to trust, which is within human design, like oh, and I have like an energy body and a system that can take each decision as it comes and it will be the right decision if I can tune in. Um, that again, isn't the mind. Um, in your case, it's your gut. In my case, it's the spleen, right? But that we can, we can strengthen that trust within ourselves, the inner guidance um, and allow that to carry some of the weight of navigating the transition. And hopefully that is, is helpful. Yeah, ultimately trusting yourself, right? Mm -hmm finding that way, how do you connect to your inner guidance? Like, how do you connect to your spleen? How do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the spleen in human design, um, I think of as like a, a nervous system knowing. Um, the spleen is all about survival, what's healthy or not, um, like sensing bad vibes or not. Like, you know, what the feeling you get when you're like, oh, this person's a creep, like that's your spleen. So how do I get in touch with my spleen? It's taken some time. When I first came to human design, my nervous system was so wired. And as I mentioned, like the endocrine and hormonal stuff that I couldn't really hear it at all. So at like a really basic level, it was um, cutting out coffee and getting enough sleep and just physical healing. And now I think as I go deeper with it, um, cultivating enough spaciousness to feel like, to feel something within that isn't right. 
um, because again, like my, my mind is happy to chatter away um, and getting enough space and discernment to realize, oh, there's this other thing I'm listening for that isn't my mind. That's, that's perfect. And I know a lot of people will resonate with that and being able to being able to identify, you know, like, okay, this is what I'm sensing for my body. Or is my body, my nervous system totally shot? Like, you know, for you, it was giving up like caffeine and moving other things, you know, just healthy body. Right. And then being able to tap into your, your inner awareness, your inner guidance outside of just like the chatter of the mind. Um, and, and that's a lot of what I do to help people in meditation practice. So I very much understand that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the inner guidance daily community? Anything, any last words of wisdom, inspiration, encouragement? Gosh, well, I'm just so happy to be here. And I think I love that there are folks that are already like, I'm sure listening that have their own practice. Right. And so to the extent that their existing practices can support also living in alignment with your design. I think there's such synergy there. So yeah, I, I guess I would just encourage anyone who's feeling interested, curious to look up their chart and then see if any of it might be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I will talk on your behalf. Uh, definitely hit up Victoria, let her know like what is your human design and reach out to her. She will break this all down for, for you. Um. I wanted to share with you guys how to quickly connect with Victoria. I'll make sure everything's in the show notes, but you can join her for uh, also coaching certification, which is really cool. That's for anybody who's a coach, a teacher, a manager, entrepreneur, whatever. And it's going to help you use human design to invite more flow into your business and life. I could definitely see that working. And then you can book a reading with her. So just so much of what you've shared with me here today is so insightful I really, really encourage people, if you're curious about human design, if you want to know more about your chart, please reach out to Victoria. I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. Victoria, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Thank you for trusting yourself and uh, for being such a light in the world and sharing human design with all of us. Thank you, Lauren. It's my pleasure to be here and thank you for the opportunity to chat more. Thank you, friends, so much for joining Inner Guidance Daily Podcast. Stay connected with me on Instagram at innerrebel.co. Feel free to leave a review on iTunes for this show. Each review helps shape the podcast and reach more people. In service, gratitude, respect, and love, thank you for being here, and I'll see you on the next episode. Join daily, connect to your inner guidance.